0: Beware the Ides of March Madness. Selection Sunday now, less than 30 days away. We are in full gear college basketball season. Ohio State showing signs of ramping it up, winning five out of six now. Winning against Purdue 68-52 over the weekend. Things are looking up for the basketball Buckeyes. Today on Locked on Buckeyes, I'll tell you why Ohio State basketball is out of their funk and trending in the right direction. I'll tell you why you should pay attention to the women's basketball team, too, because they're getting hot at the right time. And I'll give you a couple clues, some historical anecdotes, some empirical lessons about the NCAA tournament and why the Buckeyes are primed to make a run. Good Monday, everybody. I am your host, Kyle Lamb. This is the Lock On Buckeyes podcast. Find us on the podcasting platform of your choice. Tell a friend or family member about us. We are on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or simply say, Locked. play the Locked on Buckeyes on your smart speakers. Find me on Twitter at KYLAM8. Find the show at Lock on Buckeye. Coming up next, we'll talk about Ohio State's win against Purdue and why it's another step in the right direction. Stay tuned. The momentum is building in Columbus, Ohio. For the Ohio State men and women's basketball teams. I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about the women, but I will say this real quick off the top: If you are a basketball fan and not just focused on the men's team, take a glance, take a gander over at the women's team. This is a very exciting young women's basketball team made up of mostly freshmen and sophomores. They have, for, the, for all intents and purposes, they only have one senior on the roster, one junior on the roster. Only the junior, Braxton Miller, the transfer from Oklahoma State, a product of, of Dayton, Ohio, she has been a, a really good point guard. She's settled down Ohio State, plays under control. She's been a good member of this basketball t- team, but she's the only upperclassman on Ohio State really doing significant contributions to this team. And they are now 5-0, having won at Indiana, who was ranked 20th in the country. Indiana was ranked number 14 in the women's basketball RPI. So Ohio State getting a much needed tier one quality road win, which helps their NCAA tournament resume because the one thing that they were missing was a good win away from home. They've got a tremendous strength of schedule, number six in the country. They have only one bad loss. They had a couple good wins, the win at home against Purdue and the big one, the win at home against Louisville, which was number one at the time. So they have some uh, very good wins on their their resume. And they were 4-0 in the month of February, now 5-0 with the win at Indiana. But this is a really good young basketball team. They're suddenly in the conversation for an NCAA tournament appearance despite mostly freshmen and sophomores contributing. Great freshman class. That was one of the top five classes in the country. They're showing why right now on the court. They're starting to gel together. Take a gander at the women's basketball team, one of the hotter teams in the country right now with their recent play. They're going to be very fun down the stretch, have a chance of sneaking the NCAA tournament, and could pull off an upset or two along the way. Also, over the weekend, of course, the story that I'm sure you're following, Ohio State basketball winning its fifth game in the last six, okay? Buckeyes beating a Purdue team that lets issue the qualifier. They're not good. Great away from home, but Ohio State looked really good. They looked like the team a little bit that we saw back in November and early December winning 68 52. I've been issuing the, this disqualifier, don't give up on Ohio State for so many weeks now. And this is the fruits of my labor, okay? This is the reason I was telling people it was not time to panic some of it is the schedule but you know what we should not be doing yeah buts with the schedule because even though indiana's not playing well they're a tournament team right now they may not be a tournament team if they keep losing but right now they are a tournament team the michigan team i don't know if you notice but michigan's playing a lot better now they're they're healthy and they're getting some of their confidence back they were going through some of the same issues as ohio state and ohio state won at michigan which is still a really really good win so you have Indiana tournament team, Michigan tournament team, Minnesota, uh, or not Minnesota, I'm sorry, uh, Northwestern is not a tournament team, but Purdue is probably a tournament team, although they're truly on the bubble right now. So most of these wins that Ohio State has had in this six-game stretch were tournament were tournament wins, tournament caliber wins. The, the win at Northwestern, okay, they're not a tournament team, but they have been very, very competitive. That was an important win for Ohio State to start getting confidence back because the season could have been on the brink. It could have gone off the rails had they lost at Northwestern. But this is why I said uh, several weeks ago, don't panic about this team. Because it, it just felt like these are the ebbs and flows of college basketball. We see this so often with a long college basketball season. Teams start off hot, some of them, or some of them start off slow. The hot teams start getting figured out. The strengths and weaknesses come through in the scouting report as coaches have seen enough games on film to dictate what you're doing. And then they adjust. And then it is up to your team and your coaching staff to adjust to the adjustments. You start figuring out how teams are playing you and you start changing your methodology. You start changing the details, coming up with new sets and new schemes and it's just one big roller coaster ride all season long. And when you throw in injuries and suspensions and slumps, and let's be honest, there's randomness and flukiness to this, too. Okay. That's part of the equation. But with Ohio State, the season really has been magnified because, again, I hate to sound like a broken record, but ladies and gentlemen, the Big Ten is absurd. Look at Ohio State. They are one loss away from third place right now. I know it seems surreal for as up and down and maybe as disappointing as you would call their season. They're one loss out of third place in the Big Ten. Everybody except for Maryland right now and Penn State are losing. Even Michigan State has lost four out of five games. Michigan State, probably the most talented team in the Big Ten, has lost four out of its last five. They have lost three times at home this season. It is a crazy Big Ten conference, and it's going to be that way the rest of the season. Ohio State has a chance to make a real statement, and the good news is they built up... Uh, let me, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back up a second. Let me say this. Anybody that is calling Ohio State a bubble team right now needs their head examined. Ohio State is so far in, and I'm going to talk about more of that coming up here in the next segment, why they're in good shape not only to get in, but to advance. But the analytics love this team, okay? Ohio State up to number nine in the Pomeroy ratings. They're number 10 in Torvik. They're number 11 in ESPN's BPI and number 11 in Sagarin. And the important thing about that Pomeroy, BPI, Sagarin, those three analytics are all listed on the NCAA team sheets, the profiles that are used by the NCAA Men's Basketball Selection Committee, they don't look closely necessarily at analytics, but they are on the team sheet and they look at it. So that's going to help Ohio State because when you're basically looking at Ohio State as a top 10 team in the analytics, that's going to help not only selection, but also seeding. So Ohio State is not a bubble team right now. If you look at most of the brackets before the Purdue win, they were six or seven by most people. In, in the bracket matrix, a consensus of 91 different brackets, amateurs and professionals, Ohio State was the number one seven seed. They were the top seven seed, okay? That was before the Purdue win. Now you're probably looking at a five or six seed projection for Ohio State by most bracketologists. So don't call Ohio State a bubble team. They have themselves... Firmly in the field, and it would take a major meltdown for them to not make the tournament now. Ohio State, because of this buffer zone, they're in a good place this week. They have a huge week coming up where they can afford losses, but they can really turn their season around again by winning at Iowa on Thursday and beating Maryland at home on Sunday. Okay, Those are two huge games for Ohio State to make a statement. And to change the course of their season once again. Will DJ Carton be back? I've been asked this question many times. The answer is nobody knows for sure. There are hints. Ohio State has actually said this. Chris Holtman has said out loud. They have not ruled him out for this season. But they don't know. They're trying not to set a timetable. They have said he is a member of the basketball team. He will be back at some point. Whether it's this year or for next season, we don't know. But they believe he will be back, and he's still a member of the team. They keep in contact. He's been on Twitter, rooting Ohio State on. So we know that much. Will he show up and magically play for Ohio State in Iowa City on Thursday? Remember, he has been staying back at home in Bettendorf, Iowa. I'm not saying that that's a rumor. Although, actually, it is a rumor, but I don't know if there's anything to it. I doubt it. I think he... I think this is just an opinion, okay? This is no inside information. Ohio State truly is not saying. I think he'll be back. My hunch is he'll be back around the first week of March for the last couple of regular season games and the conference tournament. But that's just my own guess, and that's all it is. But could he be back for Thursday against Iowa? Yeah, I guess it's possible, but I would say it doesn't seem likely. I know Chris Holtman was asked about it the other day. He didn't dismiss it. He just said he couldn't say one way or the other. That seems like a hopeful thing, that he didn't shoot it down. But who knows? I, I, I don't know that I, I would read anything into that. But right now, without Carton, I'll tell you what has happened. And this is why I said be patient, because we're seeing it. The team has slowly turned down the turnovers just a little bit. Not a great amount, but they've lowered it by a couple percent since Carton has been gone. Part of that was Carton himself turning the ball over like 26% of his possessions. Okay. So Ohio State has taken better care of the basketball, especially considering they've been facing some really good defenses Purdue and Rutgers and Wisconsin. The last couple, last few teams that they've played really good defensively. So you're going to see some turnovers, but they have turned down the turnovers by a few percent. That's good. That's a step in the right direction. The second thing is the shooting has completely come back. Remember, Ohio State is one of the best shooting teams in the country. Outside of a three or four game slump where they were really bad, that has not changed much. In fact, if the tournament were today, I looked at this, out of all the teams projected to be in the field, Ohio State would be, out of 68 teams, probably about the 10th best shooting team in terms of effective field goal percentage. So they can shoot, and what you have now is... Luther Muhammad, 5 of 8 from 3-point range his last two games. That's a step in the right direction. Because remember, he was going through a period where his mechanics were out of whack. I think the shoulder injury was affecting him. His confidence was definitely affecting him. He's making shots now. Huge step in the right direction. You have Justin Ahrens. He's been stone-cold assassin shooting the ball since he's ge- been getting more playing time recently. So you have that going for you. You start getting more confidence from Dwayne Washington, who I thought played really well against Purdue. He's cutting down on the bat, or at least against Purdue. He cut down on the bad decision-making, took pretty good care of the ball against a tough physical defense. Purdue, by the way, one of the handsiest defenses you will ever see in the Big Ten from year to year. Every year, Matt Painter's defenses really like to get up on you they use their hands, they check a lot, they they reach a lot, they grab a lot. Sometimes legal, sometimes not. But hey, when the refs aren't calling it, well, that's the way you got to play, I guess. But they're really handsy every year. So I thought Ohio State took care of the basketball for the most part. The first half was kind of ugly in stretches, but I thought they did a good job handling Purdue's pressure, all things considered. But Dwayne Washington specifically starting to get going again. So you have... Washington getting his confidence back, making shots, Muhammad making shots, Ahrens making shots. And now you have Caleb Wesson, of course, playing inside and out. He needs to be better inside. I still maintain he has got to get back to playing in the post like he was last year, and he's not doing that right now. But he's not playing poorly. He's just not playing as well as he could. But with everything else Ohio State is doing right now, taking a little bit better care of the basketball, Not it's not perfect but it can, it, it can get better, but they're making free throws. They're second in the big or fourth in the big 10 right now in free throw percentage They're making shots. They're getting rebounds for the most part. Ohio state is doing a lot of good things. I think down the stretch, Ohio state is going to get hot. I think they've got a good chance to advance. Now, with that being said, I see a lot of people saying, well, this Ohio state team, yeah, they could very easily lose in the first round or they can make a Final Four run. Well, you can say that about pretty much any team that gets into the NCAA tournament, but coming up next, I'm gonna explain why Ohio State has the profile of a team that actually very likely could make a run in the NCAA tournament. I'll explain that next. When I make observations about Ohio State basketball or football or really anything, I try my best to back it up analytically. I, I, you know, I, I like to observe things just like most of you do. Sometimes I see concerns w- when I'm watching a game. If I see trends or if I see things that concern me, sure, you know, hey, I, I have the knee-jerk reactions. I have the emotional reactions. Uh, you know, I get all of the, well, I know what I see with my own two eyes arguments. But if I don't see an analytical trend or if I don't see something that corroborates it, then I'm more likely to go with the, the evidence, with the analytics. Because if it's not established within a trend or if it's not backed up by the ranking or you know some kind of pattern, then chances are it probably doesn't exist or it's really minor or secondary and there's not anything to worry about. With Ohio State, I see so many people and I get it. Because what they're seeing on the court right now, it's not always aesthetically pleasing, especially the turnovers. The turnovers can get to people. They get under my nails. They get under my skin. The turnovers can drive people mad, especially when you see lazy passes and uh, dribbling in traffic and, and getting the pocket picked too easily. Things like that can make everything else magnified. And I think that's what happens sometimes, especially the the flip side of the coin when a team just isn't making shots, everything else looks worse. Sometimes it's as simple as just making shots, and you, you can't have an answer for that. That's just gonna happen. You're gonna have shooting slumps. Ohio State went through a couple games where they were slumped shooting-wise, but for the most part, the only issue offensively is turnovers. They are executing when it comes, when they're getting shots, okay? They are making shots pretty regularly. They're getting offensive rebounds fairly regularly when they're missing. They're making free throws. I don't know if people are aware of this. The other day, they only shot 65%. But in the previous five games, Ohio State had shot 81% from the free throw line. They're one of the better free throw shooting teams in the country right now as a whole. Sure, you can find individual games where they're not shooting well. Some of that, again, I go back to what I said in the last segment. Randomness, luck, all that stuff plays in. But Ohio State right now, when I look at the big picture, this is backed up by fact, okay? I see so many people say, well, they could easily lose in the first round or they could make a run. That is true for Ohio State, and that is true for every single team at large-wise in the field. We saw Virginia two years ago lose in the first round to a 16 seed. Now, that is the first time that's happened, but everybody is capable of losing In the first round, so to say it about Ohio State really isn't telling us anything. But I wanted to dig to dig deeper because I had a hunch that this Ohio State profile, a team like Ohio State, not necessarily Ohio State specifically, but a team matching the talent and production level of Ohio State, really isn't as susceptible as you may think to losing in the first round, and actually. Has a good chance of advancing, so i I did the background on this, okay? You may have seen a couple of tweets I made over the weekend if you saw the, if you saw these tweets, then I apologize for the reruns. This is not new information, but if you didn't see them, then this is going to be brand new information as phoebe from from friends have said you know once said. first of all, I looked at all of the teams that have made the final four since two thousand and eight okay, and I looked at their offensive and defensive adjusted efficiencies at the end of the regular season. That is after the conference tournament, but before the NCAA tournament. It'll interest you to know that the average offensive efficiency rank of teams to make the Final Four in the last 12 years, that's 48 teams, the average is 24. The average defensive efficiency rank is 22. Ohio State right now in Bart Torbix rankings, which is very similar to Ken Pomeroy's efficiency ratings, the only difference is that he does not wait for recent performance. He just treats every game equally. Ohio State ranked number 20 in offensive efficiency, number 16 in defensive efficiency. That means that as of right now, Ohio State's offense and defense is actually ranked higher in adjusted efficiency than the average Final Four participant in the last 12 years. What that means is that actually Ohio State fits the profile on offense and on defense when you look at the whole season of a team that would make a run to the Final Four. Now, some of you are saying in in response, yeah, but what are their statistics for the last... Month or the last two months or the Big Ten schedule only, we can't do that. Two reasons. Actually, we can we can do that, but it's not very smart to do. Uh, what's interesting about NCAA tournament runs? His history tells us, believe it or not, there's a higher correlation to preseason expectations and early season production than there is middle season slumps. Okay. I know that's crazy to think, but actually where you're ranked at the start of a season and how you're playing in the first few weeks of a season correlates better to NCAA tournament success than how you're playing in December or January. Now, there is some truth to getting hot and playing well in February and March. That certainly matters. But the correlation of early season to end of season is actually higher than middle season to late season. I know that's crazy, but it's actually true. So for anybody to say, yeah, well, Ohio State's not playing well in January, so they're not a threat. The numbers are misleading. That's actually not true. The numbers for the entire season and how they're playing early are very relevant to how likely they are to make an NCAA tournament run. But the thing is, they are actually better, and I've been trying to preach this to people, their conference-only efficiency offensively is actually ranked better than it was in non-conference by two spots. They were number 22 in offensive efficiency in non-conference. They're number 20 in conference-only games. The only thing that's changed, actually, is being number one in non-conference defense to number 47 in conference defense. However... If they can get back to playing like they were out of conference, like they did against Purdue, that was the best defensive performance they've had in a couple of months. If they get back to playing basketball like that defensively, they absolutely are a team that can make a run. And this is corroborated by another thing. I mentioned their 20th in offensive efficiency overall for the entire season, their 15th in, in defensive efficiency overall. Now, they haven't been playing like that consistently in conference play, but you gotta, you got to look at the big picture. You can't cherry pick, okay? It all counts. It all matters. 20 and 15, respectively, offensive and defensively. I went back, 2008. I looked at every single situation where a team entered the NCAA tournament, ranked in the top 20 in both offense and defense. Here is something fascinating. There were 60 such teams that were ranked in top 20 in both going into the tournament, 59 of them won in the first round of the NCAA tournament. 59 of 60 got at least to the second round of the NCAA tournament. So all of the people saying, well, Ohio State is a type of team that could lose in the first round. Well, technically that's true because, as I said earlier, every team is a potential loss in the first round. That, that, that's true for everybody. You could potentially lose in the first round. But Ohio State being top 20 in offense and defense actually fits the profile of a team that does not lose in the first round very often. Now, there is one qualifier I will make in that teams that are ranked top 20, both offensively and defensively, are usually a one, two, or three seed or four seed. So they're probably not facing an opponent that's going to beat them very often. I will make that qualifier. Ohio State, though, can play its way into a 4 or 5 seed, in which case they're not very susceptible or vulnerable to losing a game like that anyway. But that is true. But 59 of the 60 teams that were ranked both top 20 in offensive defense won their first-round games. 50 of those 60 teams went on at least to the Sweet 16. So 33, by the way, made it to the Elite 8. 19 of the 60, one-third almost made it to a Final Four. So, Ohio State actually fits the profile of a team you should expect not only to win in the first round, but to play into the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. The Buckeyes are a very well-rounded team. If they get back to playing defense, the offense is better than you think, and I've been saying it all year. People don't believe me. The offense is fine. It's not the most talented, absurdly awesome offense you've ever seen in the country, but it's fine. They can get back to playing defense like they were in November and December, early December. This team is absolutely the kind that can make a run in the NCAA tournament. It fits the profile of a team that would play into the second weekend and potentially could go into the third weekend. So 60 teams... Since 2008, top 20 in offense and defense, 59 have won the first round game, 50 of the 60 have won both their first and second round games. That is pretty significant. The Buckeyes, what they're doing recently is the early signs of a team that can get hot. And this is a big week. Iowa on Thursday, Maryland at home on Saturday, this is a chance for the Buckeyes to return to the type of team we saw them in November where it wasn't the offense that was playing drastically better. It was just the combination of the offense playing well and the defense playing really, really well. So we'll see what, what Ohio State does this week and how they handle this huge set of games. But the Buckeye basketball team, in really good shape, this is a team that anecdotal evidence, empirical data... Everything hist- history shows us about college basketball tournament, it suggests that Ohio State is in really good shape. So, Ohio State basketball back in action on Thursday in Iowa City. Will DJ Carton play? Uh, to, to, to my knowledge, there's nothing to suggest that, just rumors. I don't think he's playing, but I do think my hunch is he could be back this year. We'll see if that comes to fruition. That's going to do it for Lockdown Buckeyes podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. Be sure to find and follow us on your favorite podcasting platform. Tell a friend or family member about us. Spread the good word. Remember, if you're a business owner or a manager and would like to advertise your business with Locked on Buckeyes, be sure to text ADVERTISING to 33777. We'll get in contact with you, get you more information, or just go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. Find me on Twitter at KYLAM8. Find the show at Locke on Buckeye. Make sure you find us and follow us on Apple, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, et cetera, et cetera. Thanks for listening. We'll be back on Tuesday, everybody. Have a great day.